Bible says that Naaman had leprosy and he didn't know what to do about it. <coughs> so a servant girl whom he had captured during one of his conquests told him to go to Israel because there's a prophet there who can heal him. Naaman is a warrior. So he, to make a long story short, to make you understand what I want to say, he then goes to Elijah. And Elijah says to Gehazi, Oh, just go out and tell him to dip seven times in Jordan. And here's Naaman reacting to this. Remember, Naaman is a warrior. He's killed a lot of people and he has an experience with suffering and torture and killing and all that. But he has never been to a healing service, has he? So, but he thought, ah, oh, I thought he would come and say Om Cream Chrome and Abarakar, Abarakar and all this nonsense standing on, on his head and say Amana Amana and I'll be healed. But he's telling me to go into Jordan which has muddy waters. Are there not better rivers to clean myself where I come from? All of you know the story. But then as he did on the seventh time he was cleaned of his leprosy. This kept on coming into my mind and something I had seen confirmed this. What is that? That the move of the Lord and I have mentioned this yesterday revival will not be according to what we think it should be because I do not know about you but I do not know God that well I know him to a degree unless you know him fully how will you know how he, how he will react or do something Anyone of you know God fully? Have you kept God in a box? If you answer yes, then that revival is going to miss you because you have a presupposition for you to say this is not from God. You have to know what God said. And He has revealed what He has said already in the Bible, yes? That is a standard for us to go by. Is that clear? Yes, but the move of the Lord is going to blow your mind. Because when you look at Jesus, he spat, took his spit and put it on the tongue of someone and they got healed. 
your pastor did that today, there would be outrage, especially with all this nonsense going on with COVID. Oh, he's spreading germs, he's doing that. So, unless you know God fully,
to get a doctorate in that. Don't laugh at me, huh? But the Lord, he's God. And I put my trust in him, not in my stupidity. Do you understand? And he is my only hope. And he is your only hope. And if he is real, if he is real to you, then you are saved. What do I mean by that? I mean, I'm going to explain that maybe today, maybe next week. Because there is something that you present versus what your heart really says. Even God speaks to his own heart. The woman with the issue of blood spoke to her heart. Outside you might say wonderful things. Or you might even want to show Lord is speaking this to you for you 
Why don't I have that joy? Why can't I experience that? Okay, I experience it doing the when I minister to during the anointing during the flow, but why can't I live my life? <clears throat> because the joy of the Lord is my strength, yes. That has to be real. The Lord said soon and very soon it will happen because of all the lies I have believed. Some sometimes it's difficult when those lies are theological. Because you have to go back to what the Bible says. And you have to understand what the word says. Do you understand? Step by step. I well now I know what that joy is. joy of the Lord is my strength. But there will come a time when I will rejoice by singing and dancing. And the Lord will heal me. This is the hope that I have. And the truth that I speak. And the revival that is going to break out. And that is already broken out in our midst. And those who are hungry, as the Lord had spoken, even yesterday, He gave me a confirmation of that about the sales hoisting those who when they feel the wind of the Lord for no one knows how the wind blows Jesus said that in John chapter 3 do you understand the wind blows where it wants but when you sense that you hoist your sails and you fly with the Lord do you understand I was trying to make this uh, talk 
as short as possible but the lord kept on adding and adding so if you find it miserable to sit here blame it on the lord yes take it up to the lord but what i'm trying to say is this is a matter of importance and it has to do with our heart yes but it has to do with our understanding of the scriptures of the bible that we hold on to and if we don't understand it properly how then shall we know the truth that sets us free this is so that we are truly free let's go to psalm 4 verse 2 to 3 king david is saying how long O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. This is in Psalm 4. Yes? So, how long, you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness? How long will you seek falsehood? Here David is pondering these questions and asking them on behalf of the Lord. And the Lord is asking and David is asking the men, how long will you do this? Do you understand? This is King David. So the Psalm 4 is aimed at the godly. That's what I want you to understand. Here the godly are doing nonsense and God is and David is asking how long will he continue this? That is in the Old Testament. Who are the godly in the Old Testament? Israel. In the New Testament, New Covenant, who are the godly? You and me. Yes. Now this is King David speaking. There is something peculiar about him. that you need to understand. Let's go to Judges 14:5 to 6. It's all there up there on the screen, yeah. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. And now to his surprise a young lion came roaring against him and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he tore the lion apart as who one would have torn about a young goat though he had nothing in his hand but he did not tell his father or mother what he had done now he tore the line apart like he tore a young goat yeah now i don't know about you but i have not torn a young goat yeah and i don't know how easy or difficult it is yeah but here what gave him strength who gave him strength it says and the spirit of the lord came mightily upon him yes whoever said spirit of the lord is right yes to understand when the spirit of the lord came upon samson he tore up the lion say i'm talking about king david now when you go to samuel 1 samuel 17:34 to 36 Here what's happening is Israel is at war with whom with the Philistines and the Philistines have sent their champion who's Goliath their 
biggest guy they could muster up, yes? And Goliath is challenging Israel. And Goliath is saying, is there no one there in your camp to fight me? And in this scenario, David is sent. Why? To give his brothers food. Not to fight the battle. And David says, who is this Philistine mocking the armies of God? How dare he do this? And his brothers tell him, shut up. Keep quiet. Same thing with blind Bartimaeus. When he called out to Jesus, people told him to shut up. Keep quiet. Do you understand? But then maybe Saul saw this as an opportunity. Let me send this pickery, this guy who is nothing. And if he beats him, there's nothing. I can say, I send the smallest shrimp from the batch. I don't know. Do you understand? But here's, but <laughs> David is talking to Saul and Saul gives his armor to David. And David says, no, this armor is not fit for me. I'll go with what I have. But before all that, David was, Saul did his best not to, not to send David, to persuade David not to go. But David said to Saul, and this is what David is saying to Saul. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. What was David telling Saul? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine to mess with that? Do you understand? That is in the Old Testament. Samson killed a lion. David killed a bear and Goliath. But in the New Testament, are you not the temple of the same Holy Spirit? Yes, you walk around like you are attending a funeral called life. Shame on you. And you call yourself Christians. Jesus, when he started his ministry, he read from Isaiah in Luke 4, 18 onwards. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the Bible says, then he sat down. There are traditions that say 
that there was a seat kept in the synagogue just for the Messiah to sit. <coughs> I don't know how true it is because I do not know the rituals of that synagogue at their time. Yes? Do you understand? That's where he sat. And, and that's why all eyes were fixed on him. But this is just a tradition. But we go by what the, what the Lord says. He says, what from the eyes, book of Isaiah, Jesus read that, yes? If you go to Psalm 118, verse 14, it says, The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. There are three things. The Lord has become my strength, and he has become my song. That is why we sing. And he has become my salvation. Do you understand? There is a reason for all of this. But keep this in mind. All these are things that you ought to keep in mind for what is being going to be taught today. I'm just giving you the background of that. Yes? So, we are going to be talking about anger. How many of you get angry? All of you should raise your hand. My wife is not good raising her hand because she doesn't get angry. Because I don't give her a reason to get angry. Yeah? She's laughing. <laughs> Bible also says, I should not lie. Yeah? <laughs> so, but do you understand? Yes? We're talking about anger. But we are studying about the heart of God generally and our heart. In that circumstance, yes, in that pretext. Yes? And then we're studying about Ephesians being our battle manual. Yes? Now, here is a scripture that really bothered me. In Ephesians 4.26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. I assumed that this be angry it has to do with our emotions. Okay, it's okay to be angry, but in our anger, do not sin. But that makes sense, yes? And don't let the sun go down on your wrath. If you're angry, you cannot, and you lie on bed. If you're angry, obviously you will not sleep, yes? I thought, okay, that was true. But that may be true. But I told you in scripture, there are deeper levels. And I'm going to teach you about this deeper level because the truth that you learn will set you free. And you have to learn that not by man's words, but by the scripture. This cannot be anger in that sense that I spoke about because when you go to Ephesians 4.31, it says what? Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away with all malice. So with Alice, you put away all anger, yes? No, with malice, huh? Not with Alice, yes? It says put away anger on one scripture. It says in the other scripture, it says be angry and do not sin. So what gives? Do you, do you understand? It's said in your Bible, yeah? You can look it up, yeah? But this was bothering me. I said I need a real understanding of that. The word for angry 
as you know, I'm an expert in Greek and in Hebrew, yes? Because it's all Greek to me, yes? And I make coffee, so therefore, he brews, yes? Get it? Coffee, yes? Not beer, huh? No. Angry is orgizo. Yes, that is the word. Why am I saying that? Because that is the word that is being used for both. It means to provoke, to arouse, to anger, to be provoked, to anger, to be angry, to be wrath, to be wrathful. Yes, it means what it says. Yeah, it's the same word used in Luke fifteen twenty-eight. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. What is this talking about? The prodigal son returning and his elder brother being angry and not going in because of the party and the noise and such. We need to skit about that, yes? Remember that, yes? So, now, look at me. There is a wrath of God. It's called indignation. There's an anger that is righteous. A feeling or showing of anger because something of something unjust or something unworthy. If you go to Psalm 69, 24, it says, Pour out your indignation upon them. Let your wrathful anger take hold of them. This is God's righteous anger. Same thing in Isaiah 39. Behold, the day of the Lord comes cruel with both wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate and he will destroy its sinners from it. So, it is the wrath of God for the sinners, not for the saved. Yes? So, what does it mean to be angry and not sin in the new covenant? We are in with God. The scripture has to be true too for us to go by it, na? Instead of saying amen, 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 and saying all these wrong things, we understand what it means, yeah? First thing we need to understand is that our struggle is spiritual. Yes? If you go to Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Yes? So that means what? We struggle against these principalities, these things, not against humans. Yes? Now, that is our struggle. Next thing is, when it comes to fellowship, who do we mingle with? Yesterday I was talking to, I think, uh, Steve and Rebbe, yes, about this. Go to, go to 1 John 3, 5. It says, That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you may have fellowship with us. Yes? Who's us? John and the apostles and the, and the people, yes? Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you 
that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So in this is mentioned the father and the son. So my question was when I read this verse was where is the Holy Spirit? Don't we have fellowship with him? Are we not called to have fellowship with him? Then the Lord spoke to me. Go to 1 Corinthians 3:16. says do you not know that you are the temple of the of god and the spirit of god dwells in you so first thing is fellowship with us and with us are we not the temple of the holy spirit so there is the father the son and the holy spirit that means upward if you can say it, upward is a fellowship with god and parallel is a fellowship with man who's filled with the holy spirit yes that means born again believers yes unbelievers are not filled with the holy spirit are they so the fellowship is with the father son and the holy spirit the only thing is the holy spirit is with humans now so we have fellowship with those who have the holy spirit who are filled with the holy spirit why because it makes a difference because we are spiritual beings residing in a human body because we are a new creation in christ hallelujah keep that in mind yeah now if i ask you who you are you will tell me your name yes If I ask you what you are you will tell me your profession. But if I ask you where you live you might give me your address or like some people will give me a phone number but it's the wrong number yes. Biblically you are a spirit who lives in a body and you have a soul. So when I say Charles I'm talking to the spirit who lives in a body but that spirit has a soul everybody agrees that Charles has a soul no you're doubtful aren't you doubtful yeah? aren't you thinking well let me see yes or no Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pray. I'll do more. <laughs> But the jokes are part, yeah. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5:23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. So there is spirit soul and body yes so on all these things there are different doctrines and errors and people argue till the cows come home about this nonsense but you need reality in your life do you understand no one can deny or say that your testimony is a lie because that is your testimony it's what you say i may not believe what you say but it is what you say 
When I say I saw lights flying across the sky, that is what I saw. You can believe it or choose not to believe it. Do you understand? Yes? So, this you have to understand to be the difference in the truth and the fact. The fact is maybe the doctor gave you a bad report but the truth is Jesus sets you free and that your heart will tell you remember your spirit soul and body yes your heart will tell you where which camp you belong to either to god or to lies not your mouth because you can say anything through your mouth but you after all the confession your heart will say what's the use for the of this i am going to church every sunday for the past 200 years i've been going to church every sunday and monday and tuesday but nothing is happening i attended all the navenas and all the prayer vigils and all the nonsense but nothing is happening but when you come to church hallelujah praise the lord sotram is there a duplicity in that what is real is in your heart and that dictates <laughs> the reality that you live in hallelujah so let's come back to this who are the captives remember the lord has come to set the captives free now the jesus has read from isaiah let's go to isaiah 61:1 says the spirit of the lord god is upon me because the lord has anointed me to preach a good tidings to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to who were bound so captives is alki aki maltos my pronunciation may be wrong but i kept the spelling there why because it's a word in hebrew that is used elsewhere it is used in isaiah 5:13 therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst they have gone into captivity because what they have not known they have no knowledge so you need to know what your rights are in the lord and if you don't know that you will go into captivity is that clear yes so now that is captives the word for oppressed is thrao it means broken by calamity in hebrew it's ras yeah so it's the same word used in isaiah 58:6 is this not the fast that i have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free that you break every yoke this is what our lord jesus christ came for to set the captives free 
why are you captive because you have no knowledge do you understand if you knew the freedom you have in Christ would you be held captive no you will know this is nonsense do you understand yes and let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke we're going to study from the word what this is remember we are studying about how what it means to be angry and not sin yes in isaiah 10:27 says it came to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil jesus came to break every yoke yes but here it says it's prophesied that in that day the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil you you get that now go to 1 john 227 but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you what is this talk, talking about what is the anointing who gives you the anointing i did I mean is it because you pour parachute coconut oil on over your head? No? Hey coconut oil, huh? No. It's the Holy Spirit of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The anointing which you have received from him is the H capitalized from the Lord, yes? Abides in you, yes? obviously this is talking about you being the temple of the holy spirit and you do not need that anyone teach you but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things the anointing will teach you concerning all things so therefore you cannot be held captive because you have no knowledge because why the anointing will teach you all things You, you see that meditate on this yes and is true and is not a lie just as it has taught you you will abide in him this is a key you abide in Christ yes why this scripture is not to be misunderstood like some people say oh i don't need to belong to a church i don't need a pastor or a teacher or an apostle or anyone I because the anointing will teach me all things. This is nonsense. Because the Lord Jesus has given apostles, pastors to That's why going to the internet to learn things about God is foolishness. And I'll talk to you more about what fool is because really you need to understand what a fool is. Yes it's someone who says there's no god but really uh will be maybe god willing we'll address that next week but again it is the infilling of the holy spirit that will teach you to abide in Jesus do you understand the anointing will not take you away from Jesus if it does it's not the holy spirit it is some other spirit masquerading as the holy spirit yes Do you understand but the anointing of the holy spirit will set the captives free why 
because it the holy spirit will teach you all things remember that will teach you all things yes so we are learning about the scripture and how this applies to our life yes now in christ all the promises of god in him are yes and amen yeah it says that in 2 corinthians 120 for all the promises of god in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of god through us to the glory of god through us do you understand yes meditate on this now remember we are talking about what it means to be angry and not sin in the new covenant with god yes go to john 10:10 says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy and i have come that they may have life that they may have it more abundantly who's speaking here jesus is speaking here obviously yes so the thief is for the lack of a better word you can say from the dark side is a sith lord yes don't know okay never mind this it's the devil yes yes so if you go back to the scripture we are learning it says Ephesians 4:26 it says be angry and do not sin and let not the sun go down in your wrath if you look in your bible Be angry and do not sin is taken from the Old Testament. And this whole scripture is taken from the Old Testament. Where is that taken from? Remember we started off with Psalm 4. It's taken from Psalm 4. Let's go to Psalm 4. Hear me when I call. O God of my righteousness, you have relieved me in my distress have mercy on me and hear my prayer who saying this david yes how long o you sons of men will you turn my glory to shame how long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood selah but know that the lord has set apart for himself who is godly the lord will hear when i call to him Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Selah. This is the root from which the scripture in the New Testament in Ephesians 4:26 is based on. Do you understand? But you need to understand this, yeah? Offer the sacrifice of what? Righteousness, yes? and put your trust in the lord meditate on this we are whose righteousness we are god's righteousness why because there was a substitution made yes anyway says offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the lord there are many who say who will show us any good lord lift up the light of your countenance upon us you have put gladness in my heart more than the season that their grain and wine increase i will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone 
O Lord, make me dwell in safety. In verse 2, it says, How long you people ruin my reputation? In other translation. Remember, this is in context. Be angry and do not sin. Yes, but in verse 2, it says what? How long will you people ruin my reputation? If God is good, then why is this happening? How long will you make groundless accusations of God? How long will you continue your lies? Says one version. And in this context, it says, be angry and do not sin. So what does this mean? You are called to represent Jesus. I, this is what I've been talking about, yes? Yes? If you go to Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says what? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I spoke about this last week. But you will know only the will of God only if you renew your mind. Otherwise, all this is foolishness. So renew your mind in the word of God. Spend time with God. Here, I'm talking about being angry and not sinning, yes? So, let me get to the crux of the matter. Be angry with the devil for stealing, killing, and destroying. And if you love that you're sinning, do not sin! Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Meaning don't compromise. Be angry with the thief who's stealing from you. But your struggle is not against flesh and blood, is it? Do you understand? Be angry. Rightfully angry at what is being stolen from you. Spiritually, angry with all the stealing and destruction that the devil has wrought, with the life and fullness that he has stolen from us. Like when you come on Sunday, you come like you are attending a funeral. Where is your joy? Who's stolen that from you? Be angry with that thief. Don't let him steal any longer. Don't let the sun go down. Don't compromise. Because our Lord and the first church who was filled with the Holy Spirit healed them all. And there is no difference between them and us. Except we have compromised. We have allowed the stealing, killing and plundering and destroying of our life. No more. No more. You ask for a revival, this is it. This is part of it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, yes? 
Can you say that? The Spirit of the Lord is upon you? Yes or no? What does that mean? Yes? Are you born again? Yes? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Has He given you His Spirit? That makes you born again. But are you empowered with the Spirit from on high? That's the Holy Spirit, yes? I'll speak more about that later, yes? Jesus, okay. Your body, soul, and spirit. Spirit, soul, and body, yes? So Jesus was fully human. In that he he was what? Spirit, soul, and body, yes? So when you're born again, you get his spirit. That covers over your spirit. That's why he said, follow me. There's more than just physically following. You can't physically follow him now because he's in heaven. So you get his spirit. And then you get filled by the Holy Spirit. That is the day of Pentecost. That's when the tongues of fire came on the head, yes? When the disciples said, hey, you have fire on your head, yes? Do you, do you understand, yes? Yeah, I'm, I'll talk more about this, God willing, next week and the week that follows. But, but are you right now born again? And are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, you are, yes? If you are, then you can say the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, yes? Therefore, you can tear apart a line like, like uh, what's his name, Samsonite, yeah? Samson, yes? Yeah? Not the phone, the guy, yeah? Do you understand? Because he has anointed me, yes? Don't you have the Holy Spirit? Once we accepted Jesus Christ, our Father will send his Holy Spirit to you. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you will do without. That's your problem. It's, do you understand? Free for you to ask. And he'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. Yes? To do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. Repeat after me. God has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord this is what Jesus said and all that he spoke of in Luke do you understand this is what you and I are called to do because the Holy Spirit is upon us And because of that, when we see the work of the enemy, be angry with that. Be righteous, indignant anger towards that. Be angry. Do not sin by compromising and allowing sin to come on you. Do you understand? When it's raining and there's a puddle of water and I see people walking by with umbrellas, whenever cars come by, they put their umbrellas 
onto that puddle because they don't want that cart to splash that puddle onto them, yes? Christians, on the other hand, don't even have umbrellas. They just walk and stand next to the puddle and wait till the car runs over. <sighs> and then run to the bus. I got wet, I got wet. Pray. As if it's a push button service. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down. This is why you don't play games with the devil. If you see the devil at work in any of your life, get rid of him because he has he's toothless, he's powerless. You can only he can only have power that you give him. And the lies that you believe from him because he's the father of all lies. Is that clear? So, for you to know your rights and what the devil has stolen from you, you need to know the Old Testament, the Word of God, what he has told. That's why you read the Bible. When you read, like Deuteronomy 28, there are blessings, there are curses. Now, I have told many of you, if there are curses that apply to you, then come to me. The Lord has already set you free. You need to set yourself free because the truth you know will set you free. And that truth is not what you profess because you could say, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And when you go home, you say something else. What is really in your heart? And that change from the head to the heart is what this revival is all about, is what the difference the Lord will make. Because we know through the head, we we can say a lot of things, but in our heart, reality is different. If that is different, then that is your problem. That is called unbelief and lack of faith. And that is why scriptures don't work for you. And that is why you need to renew your mind. When you keep renewing and renewing slowly, Slowly, your heart will say, Huh, that is what, that is the power of the scripture. If you're a new creation, you should do that. And you will do that. Do you understand? It is not because you lack faith. Because you put money in ATM machines and you get your money, or you card in and you get your money out, no? You have faith in that ATM machine, yeah? Do you understand? And I end with the scripture in Galatians 5.1. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So renew your mind in the word of God. That's the first thing to do. Second thing is be filled with with the Holy Spirit. You can interchange that, yes? But you need a balance of both, yes? Speak to God in tongues if you do not know what to pray for. (coughs) Pray often in tongues. Yes? Don't miss the gathering of believers because that would lead to us falling away whether you like it or not. 
And fifth is give and give sacrificially. It's the best way to get out of your comfort zones. Do you understand? A widow gave all that she had. Give sacrificially. There are times where I've emptied out my wallet for someone else because they asked me for money and I knew they didn't have money. And so I emptied out my wallet more than once. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you to go by the faith that you have. But give and give sacrificially. Because if you do what I did, it's just a formula. That will not do you any good. Formulas are good for babies, yeah? Because when you have babies, you give them formulas, you know? Because they are attended a lot of chemistry classes, you know? I don't know. But yeah? Do you understand? Be real. This is what I mean by being real, yes? Go, go to Psalm 118, 5-9. It says, I call on the God on, on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. What does that mean, to put confidence in princes? It's not because you know the king that will change your life. It's because you know the Lord that will bring blessing to your life. Do you understand? That is in the Old Testament. I called the Lord in distress, yes? And the Lord answered me and set me on a broad place. But in the New Testament, when you go to Romans 15, 13, it says, it's talking about the next level. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I want you to all stand up and rise to your feet. The same thing, yes? Because I don't know how you stand up without rising to your feet, yes? And repeat after me. It says, Dear God, I repent of my sins and my ways apart from you. I put my trust in Jesus, Christ, in Jesus Christ as Lord, as Lord. The, master the master over my life, over my life. And, my and my Savior. Forgive me, Forgive me. and grant me, grant me your gift, your gift. Of, everlasting of everlasting life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. I, pray. I pray. Amen and amen.